Did you know that parents rank financial literacy as the number one most difficult life skill to teach? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families. With Greenlight, you send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and keep an eye on your kids' spending with real-time notifications. Kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. And parents can rest easy knowing their kids are learning about money with guardrails in place. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. In March of 2019, Josue Ortega just wanted to be living in his new home in Denver. Maybe sit by his new pool, make dinner for himself or friends. This is the house that I like, that I, I like the house is why I bought it. But in March of 2019, Josue Ortega was a long way from doing any of that. Because one person was standing in his way. Did you understand what I just said? Yeah, absolutely. But okay, if, I if, need you yeah. to respect that statement. Squatters know that the system doesn't move fast. It's slow. And it, they, they know it'll cost the actual homeowner money and time. And that's where things can get really messy. This can really happen to anybody. The appointment have a wonderful day. You're continuing, which means you're disrespecting. So I'm going to get in my car okay. because I've asked you not to disrespect. She ended up living in this house for months and months and months. Josue wasn't deterred. But would he be able to navigate the legal minefield to get his home back? This is my house, you know. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. Welcome to Strangeville. My name is Jeremy Hohola, and I'm an investigative reporter at Nine News in Denver. That's the NBC affiliate. So uh, a long time ago, uh, I got an email from an attorney, and she was actually an animal rights attorney, who emailed me and said, I've got this crazy real estate story. Trust me, this is not your typical real estate story. And it became this exacerbated journey for this guy to get back into his house. It's a really wild story. So back to that phone call. The animal rights attorney starts telling Jeremy, the KUSA reporter, all about Josue Ortega and his quest to get inside his home, the home he bought and owned. She was telling me, she was like, you know, this it's, it's clear as day that this guy, Josue, bought the house. He got a real estate agent. He went through the normal conventional process of buying this home. He found the house on Zillow, told his real estate agent, saying, hey, I want this house. His real estate agent sets up, um, you know, uh, the paperwork. He gets a loan, gets approved for the loan, buys the house, closes on the house, uh, and we can see that on online property records. And then uh, I believe it was about 12 days after he officially closed on the property, after he put his name on paper, that's when this this stranger showed up uh, with a Denver police officer with a deed in her hand claiming that she was the legit homeowner. All of this would open the door to an investigation for Jeremy that would last for months and then years. It would leave him sitting for hours in courtroom waiting rooms and digging through mountains of legal filings. And it was just this constant game that she would play to to keep the court system at bay. That way she could keep living in this house for free. Let's return to that March day in 2019. Josue is doing what any happy new homeowner would be doing cleaning up and getting ready for the movers, figuring out where to put one piece of furniture or another. I just like it the way it was. Uh, 
uh, and also I had a pool, so I was perfect for me because I am always in the pool. So I just, that is the house that I like and I just wanted that house and that's it. If you've ever bought a new home, you can imagine how Josue is feeling. Things are looking pretty good. Still a few months away from pool weather, but just the fact that the pool is there and it's his, that he has a place of his own. He's, he said he was at home uh, cleaning out the house. And I was just working and cleaning. I didn't have my papers because I was just cleaning. And this woman shows up and, you know, of course, when he was at the house, he was cleaning things up. He didn't have his mortgage paperwork. He didn't have his deed paperwork. He didn't have any of that stuff on him. The woman is Gloria Kennedy, and she's not alone. She's with a Denver police officer. So she came with the police and papers, and she was saying that this is my house. I found this guy. I live here, and here's my title. And they, where is your title? Or where are your papers? And I said, I don't have my papers with me. And uh, the officer uh, took the side of this woman. She just had a piece of paper in her hand, and she said, I'm the owner. Here's my name. Here's the deed. Uh, please get him out of there. Uh, we talked to my agent, but it's like the police like didn't care. They just say, you know, you had to leave. You had to go. And just like that, Josue is out, forced to leave his new home. Whatever this paper is that she's holding, it's enough to get him booted from the new home that he's paying for. Have you seen Gloria before that day? No, I didn't know who, was, who she was. You had no idea who I she was? I didn't have any idea. You didn't have any idea who she no. was? So <laughs> it, it sounded like the police sided with Gloria Cannon. Something like that, because if everyone was saying that they cannot do anything, why the first one did something? Yeah, the first Look day. It, it, because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. As it turns out, Gloria Kennedy and this Denver home had some history, going back years. Here's the thing. She, she at one point did live in the house as a property owner of that house years ago. But that was years before Josue came in and bought the property. She got divorced. The home was foreclosed on. And there was some sort of bad blood, uh, you know, and like many cases, between her and her ex-husband. And she felt that she was always entitled to the home. Like, I, I get the sense that in her mind, she always felt that, yeah, you know what? This home is mine. But whatever happened back then between Gloria and her husband, by the time Josue got to it, it wasn't hers. It was in foreclosure. The home was foreclosed on, and the home ended up in the hands of this financial company. And Josue bought the house from a financial company, uh, fair and square. I mean, that's plain as day. You can see that in the paperwork. So, I mean, if the title insurance said everything is good, then let's go. And then I just give them the money, sign on my papers, and they give me the title. End of story? Not at all. It would appear that Gloria Kennedy was able to use that past dispute with her ex-husband to keep everything, including Josue's rightful ownership of the home, in limbo. And she'd just keep living there while he paid the monthly mortgage. When police went back, when Josue went back to try to get her kicked out, the officers, the responding officers, were like, uh, this is a civil matter. Uh, we, this is not a criminal matter. You have to take her to court to get her out of the house. In the meantime, Josue was now paying double the mortgage for this new home and the rent for his old apartment. And so this this poor guy 
uh, was just paying so much money trying to figure out the legal system. And, you know, he admits that his English at the time was very limited. And so when he went to go initially try to evict her uh, through the right way, through the legal way, uh, he filed the wrong paperwork, uh, you know, likely because of the language barrier. And uh, it didn't work. And it continued not working. Week after week, month after month. She was able to repeatedly delay eviction after eviction. Uh, and then what, what was the real um, delay in this case was she filed for bankruptcy. So not only was this case tied up in eviction court, but it was also tied up in bankruptcy court. It would almost seem that Gloria Kennedy knew exactly what she was doing. Stringing things out. Perpetual legal limbo. Two court systems trying to figure out the rightful owner of the property. And then, early 2020, the pandemic. And when the pandemic happened, that caused the courts to be shut down for a time. Court cases were delayed. And this poor guy was just trying to get back into the house that he bought. Uh, it was a, It was a real mess. It was a real mess that would soon become a lot more than just a mess. They, they, they beat him so bad, he kind of sauntered off away from the property, collapsed on a sidewalk around the corner, and he nearly died. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Let's take a minute to understand how Gloria Kennedy was able to do what she did. It's similar to what savvy squatters are doing all the time, all over the country. It is a wild tale of squatting in an upscale Plano subdivision. Total strangers moving into a home that's for sale, claiming it's theirs, and it isn't. They were moving in. They brought flowers. They put a clock on the wall. I couldn't believe it. It appears someone is squatting in the five-bedroom, six-bathroom home that's valued around $2.3 million. There was a man, uh, you could see, you could probably see the ladder up there, the light was on, and he was painting the room and painting a cross on the wall. And they said that they've, they have uh, taken over this property. And all of a sudden, they're in your home, living there, and the sheriff won't come and arrest them for trespassing? That, that seems to me to be completely ridiculous. A countertop had been pulled up. They pulled the bathroom sink. Oh, it's gone. It's they yeah. Complete, the, they pulled the whole thing out. Yes, and they left just piles and piles of trash out here. They took that door off and they they put this door on. And if you look at it, they painted it red on the outside. It wasn't red before. No. You got the picture. Squatting can get messy, complicated. And a lot of squatters know how to drag things out for a long time. Here's an example, the mail trick. No, you can't just start having your mail sent to someone and then use that as an excuse to move into their house, uninvited. But let's say you're invited in, then your mail starts showing up. Well, check out this example near Jacksonville, Florida. 
Fred Pettit and Christina Eberham were in their apartment in November 2019 when the previous tenant stopped by to pick up some belongings. According to the renters, the couple said they needed somewhere to sleep and asked if they could stay the night. And they said, oh, we're homeless. We need a place, you know, a night to stay. Fine. Two weeks later, the couple was still there. In fact, they'd had mail delivered to the apartment, something they were quick to point out when Fred and Christina finally called the cops. And the cops said, we can't get rid of them. When they pressed the issue, the responding officer said there wasn't anything they could do. So anybody can just transfer their address and they can take over someone's home. And she said, for lack of a better way to put it, yeah. Because they had invited them in, this was one of those situations where it wasn't a clear sign of trespassing or even squatting. Fred and Christina ended up moving out. And the new couple, the previous tenants, stayed put. Later on, the suspected squatters said they'd actually been asked to stay longer and pay rent. We had decided I would pay them $50 a week. So that was going to catch them up on their rent is all it was. The lesson here, be really careful about who you let stay in your home, even for a night. I definitely wouldn't let somebody stay overnight um, that you're not comfortable with what may happen. And squatters can become a nightmare, not just for homeowners, but for the people next door. Take this story in rural Oregon. For Joe and Diane Renard, this is the place they always wanted. Dream home. Yeah. This is a dream. We've never had a house built before here. And just see the big trees, listening to the owls and the frogs. But according to Joe and Diane, the next door neighbors changed everything. See, several years ago, their neighbors passed away. Relatives took over the property, then they invited guests. They're tearing cars apart. They're tearing motorhomes apart. Um, There's junk piles all over the place. The old farmland next door is now littered with beat up cars and RVs. There are tents and trailers. From the roadside, we could see piles of trash, including food waste. And if that isn't enough- Excuse me. Hi, I'm Kyle Aboshi with KGW Channel 8. Neighbors warn, squatters have moved in. Do you live on the property here? We saw seven or eight people on the property, but nobody wanted to talk. Records show police have been called here 62 times in the past two years. We're trying to figure out who lives on this property here. Yeah. Do you live here? Uh, you take the camera off me. But the local authorities say they can't just go barging in. We have to have legal authority. We have, we'd have we have to have the equipment and the money and the things uh, you know that would enable us to do that. The county says there's no clear owner while the property is in foreclosure. At this point, I would say we've exhausted all of the options that we would normally pursue. We dislike it to get back to the old way it was, you know, in just a nice, safe, quiet neighborhood. And they're destroying it. And it was beautiful property, beautiful. There are all kinds of reasons someone might move into a property without permission, some far more sympathetic than others. Morgan Romero is a news anchor and reporter at KGW in Portland, Oregon. She worked on a series of special reports about the problem of squatting in her state. I mean, it doesn't affect you unless you live nearby or it's your home or it's, you know, your great aunt's home and you're the only heir. And I think that's what's really tough is a lot of times the squatting situation happens when people don't have legitimate heirs to their properties or they don't have wills drawn up or there's no like direct line of ownership. Morgan became aware of all the issues surrounding squatting after she got a letter from an attorney wanting to let others know this could happen to them. He was representing a house that was owned previously by a woman, lived alone, she passed away, didn't have any heirs, 
And so the House, in turn, went to the state, and then the state found him, that attorney, and uh, and he represented it. And in the meantime, while they were, like, looking for an heir for this woman who wasn't originally from the United States, uh, <laughs> some squatters moved in, and Portland has a huge homeless crisis. And so it's a really common problem here. And so from there, it kind of spiraled into these multiple other stories. You know, that one was really focused on urban areas, so Portland, North Portland. I did a story on a rural property out in Yamhill County in Oregon's wine country. And then that led to a lot of reaction on social media from people asking what can be done or this has happened to me or this has happened to somebody I know. I mean, the response was crazy. So we went to an attorney in town. Morgan went headfirst down the complicated rabbit hole of squatting. People do do this. You know, there are serial squatters that go from home to home. And it's interesting because they find a lot of these people, what I've heard from attorneys and and uh, any of the neighbors who've looked into this is that these people find these homes on like Zillow or Craigslist or they kind of have these sites and sources that they can go to to find out or they're in the neighborhood and they see like the home is empty or there's a, you know, for sale sign or owned by the bank sign or whatever, you know, out front. And so they, they kind of go around town to these different places. I know that in the situation in rural Oregon, uh, the people, it was kind of one person that, that staked his claim because he was actually given permission by the owner originally before the owner died. And then he invited a bunch of other people. There it is again. Don't just invite anyone to stay the night in your home. If they decide to stay, and if there's any indication you offered your home up for a longer period of time, things can get messy. With the landlord-tenant attorneys I've talked to, they said there's no such thing as squatters' rights. You know, they don't really have rights legitimate tenants have way more rights than they have. But unfortunately, it's a civil process. It's only criminal if it's trespass. So yeah, there's all these ways and loopholes that people can get involved. It's such a gray area, but um, it's not criminal unless you can prove trespass. So it has to go through this civil process and that takes weeks or months. And so in the meantime, these people can okay, one of the homes, they had the locks changed and they put the garbage service in their name. And so there are ways that people can say, hey, I can prove that I live here. So squatters don't have, quote, unquote, squatters' rights. But sometimes tenants' rights can work in squatters' favor. Civil courts like to be 100% sure someone isn't a rightful owner or tenant before evicting them. They'd rather, the way they put it was like, you'd rather have 10 squatters, illegitimate tenants, staking a claim in your home, eventually getting them out, than wrongfully evict somebody who's supposed to be there. All right, let's get back to Josue. He did not invite Gloria Kennedy into his home or offer her a place to stay if she paid rent. But she'd shown up with a piece of paper in her hand, and it was enough to convince officers responding to the situation that she was the homeowner. By this point, Josue had an attorney helping him out. But dealing with the police was like hitting a brick wall. But right now, it's your problem, is what they say. They can break into your house and do whatever they want. And if you call the police again, we are not coming back. It's what they say. And Josue just kept paying his mortgage, month after month. I pay 2800 every month. She doesn't pay anything. She was filing paperwork after paperwork after pa- paperwork to delay things, to delay court dates, to push back court dates. And uh, it just became this mess. And it's just, it, it was just, this is a real testament I think this this case is just actually a real testament on how someone, if they really want to and they have the savviness to it, they can manipulate the court system. And as KUSA 9 News reporter Jeremy Hohola would also learn, 
Gloria Kennedy wasn't just living in Josue's house for free. She was making money on the home, too. She was actually renting out a room to someone in a wheelchair inside the house. So not only was she living there in the house for free, but she was profiting off this too by renting a room to someone. And that person had no idea about the legal mess that this home was in. But the next chapter in Josue's quest would be the darkest one yet, leaving him not just fighting for his house, but fighting for his life. And so one day, I believe it was a few months after he closed on the property and he was trying to get back inside the house and he was trying to evict this woman legally, uh, he went back and uh, tried to change the locks on the house uh, when nobody was there. So he attempts to change the locks and then all of a sudden, two young males come out of the house and they beat the hell out of him. I guess I wake up bleeding in the corner and I called my brother if he could pick me up. And then we called the police again and we took the ambulance and I went to the hospital. Josue ended up in the, po- in the hospital with a skull fracture. How I was bleeding a lot in my head, so I know that uh, they opened my brain and they had to take all the blood because I was bleeding a lot. And he nearly died. He had uh, a lot of uh, swelling in his brain. I almost died for sure, but... What kind of injuries? Do you have a fractured skull? It's it because because I was bleeding a lot. They had to open, they open, going to my brain and start cleaning. Oh, so they actually, yeah, they, I had my... Uh, you could see my brain. He says he still gets headaches. Uh, he says he still, you know, feels the long-lasting effects of having, you know, that that you know brain injury. Uh, but he's he's fully there. But he does. I mean, I remember when I interviewed him uh, when he finally got back into his home. He did say that he does experience headaches. To be clear, we don't know if the attack had anything to do with Josue's home or anyone living there at the time. But the timing, at least to Josue and his attorney seemed suspicious. This man was nearly killed over trying to get his house back. And the, and the two young men who beat the hell out of him have never been identified and they were never arrested. Josue's attorney suspects they were likely relatives of Gloria Kennedy. Uh, the police showed up and they never really fully investigated the assault. And it's it's my you know, my takeaway from all of this is that police were called to this property so often that they perhaps were just sick of dealing with it. They, they, they didn't fully investigate the attack on Josue. And so what, what do you make of all of this, Josue? Like, what do you think about this whole situation? The only thing I can say, every time I tried to use the police, I couldn't, I just didn't get anything, but... Oh no, I, this is my first time actually trying to work with the police, but this is the experience that I have, and that is the only thing I can say. Uh, one of the officers uh, was frustrated with going back to the house so much for calls that, uh, that he, he ended up canceling a police response call before Josue was attacked. Uh, somebody called police saying that there was uh, violence happening at the house or there was screaming and yelling. And one of the Denver police officers who was responsible for responding to that home decided say, you know, decided to say, you know, we're not going to go back to that house uh, and canceled the call. And I, from what I recall, that officer did get written up 
for canceling that call. In the meantime, Jeremy Hohola was getting more and more invested in Josue's story. What had started with a guy trying to move into his home had grown into this wild ordeal, and Jeremy wasn't letting go. Yeah, so what happened was, you know, we were trying to figure out, like, I, we went, initially went to her house, to the house, uh, Josue's house, knocked on the door. All right, here I go. She never came out, um, and I don't know if she was in there. So Jeremy did the next thing that any good investigative reporter would do. He picked up the phone. Hi, Ms. Kennedy. This is Jeremy with Nine News. Can you chat? Can you hear me? Yeah, what's, what's your call about? Okay, uh, I'm, uh, I'm investigating what's going on with the property on South Fulton Street, and I understand that uh, you've been living in the home, and I just wanted to chat with you about what's going on with that. I, you know, I'm, I'm quite surprised that you've taken a notion to investigate this matter. Um, actually... Uh, but I'm not sure that it is, it, 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 I know that it's not in my best interest to uh, be conversating with you because I think if the shoe were on the other foot, you would probably not even be picking up the phone. So I think what I would suggest uh, is, is that, you know, I'm not going to participate in an investigation by Nine News, but, but I'm surprised that you guys are taking on such, you know, uh, an inquiry. Sure. And I, I, understand, I understand if you don't want to talk. I, I, the, the reason I'm looking into this is because uh, on the deed right now, the current deed, according to the city property, it's owned by a man by the name of Josue Ortega. But I understand that you are claiming ownership of the house. So what I'm looking to get from you is if you can provide us with any proof that you have a right to own this property. Here, here's what I can say. I have initiated court action on the matter. Sure. And if you, yeah, if you haven't been advised of that, then you should. I do have that paperwork. I do have yeah, that. I do yeah. have that paperwork. I have pulled all yeah. available so legal think, docu- documents. I'm just. I'm just yeah. wondering what proof. I've initiated uh-huh. that court action uh-huh. for a reason. Okay. Okay. One other quick question. Uh, Mr. Ortega claims that he was severely beaten and uh, had uh-huh. had to deal with uh, a severe injury, including a skull fracture, uh, uh, regarding an attack that he claims happened on or near this property. Can you offer any comment about that? No, I cannot. No comment about that. You need to just take a step back, allow the court process to work. I don't know who you know, but I've been in this town all of my life. And there have, and, and so I am not a person who is, is, is looking at trying to do anything that I know would be unjust to anybody. What you have is a partial opinion. Okay. And it is not for me to, to mitigate that matter in the public venue. Okay. And so you need to respect that because I have litigation that is going on, and that's where I intend to make sure that I stay in the proper venue so that all justice can be served. Okay. But if you interject, then what you are doing is you are lessening my opportunity to carry forth what I desire to carry forth, and that's proper adjudication of the matter. All right. Thank you for that, uh, Ms. Kennedy. Finally, Jeremy found out the date that Gloria would be in court for a bankruptcy hearing. I was able to see that she had a court hearing at the bankruptcy court. I followed her out and I asked her, you know, can we sit down with you? Can we talk with you about, you know, this home? Can you provide any sort of proof that you own this property? Hi, Miss Gloria Kennedy. Hi, Miss Kennedy. 
I'm Jeremy Hohola. I'm a reporter for Nine News. We spoke briefly over the phone. I'm wondering if I can have a moment of your time real quick. And immediately she became dismissive. She didn't want to talk to me. And then she got a little bit terse with me when I pressed her uh, about the property. I'll, I'll schedule. I think I got your number. I'll schedule some time to get, get with you. So okay. now it's not good. Could you tell me real quick, if, if that doesn't happen, uh, why you believe the property at 662 South Fulton is yours? Like I said... Did you understand what I just said? Yeah, absolutely. But okay, if, I need it's, you yeah. to respect that statement. Okay. Can you do that? Absolutely. But, Thank you. But if 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 the appointment doesn't have a wonderful day, you're continuing, which means you're disrespecting. So I'm going to get in my car. Okay. Because I've asked you not to disrespect my absolutely. wishes. All right. Take care, ma'am. Thank you. Please call me. I like to be as fair to you as as much as I can. Imagine this is your home, your pool, your bedroom, your kitchen, your lawn. You're paying for it, but you can't set foot on the property. And someone else is living there, eating breakfast, dinner, watching TV, reading a book. For me, I just want my house back and everything normal again. I don't want to see them again. I just want to make sure that they don't get, they get, get close to me anymore. And then imagine you're recovering from brain surgery. You've lost complete track of three or four days of your life. That was Josue Ortega. You just want a house back. I just want my house and be in peace again. So I don't want to know anything about this. And from the beginning, when he first learned about Josue's story, Jeremy had done his homework. Anytime we do a story on people here in our unit, we actually run background checks on them uh, to make sure the people that we're talking to um, are, are people who, uh, you know, who don't have like a warrant for their arrest when we're interviewing them or doing a story that uh, it is, you know, is, is leaning on their, be- their behalf. Uh, he, he didn't have any, he doesn't have any criminal history. He, he, he's a, he works in software. He does uh, programming. He seems like a very smart guy. He can understand coding. He codes. Uh, but, you know, uh, he, he just, he was just having a hard time uh, working his way through the legal system here in our country, which can be convoluted and confusing, especially if you're from, you know, a different country and, you know, English is not your first language. Uh, very mild-mannered guy. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I've never got the vibe from him that he was prone to violence at all. On top of paying for his new mortgage and the rental house he was living in, Josue was also paying for legal help. Christina Bergsten that animal rights attorney. When he originally explained to me the situation, it sounded like it was just a matter of, oh, just filing the right paperwork. Maybe they just didn't file the right paperwork because that's what the judge had told them. So um, that's what we started with. But as I was starting to work on this case and and discover what exactly was going on, um, I realized it was just a tangled web of of nonsense, really, and and just complete confusion and utter utter chaos. Yeah, what would you like to see happen? Well, I would like to... I would like to see Mr. Ortega back in his home. I would like to see him left alone. I would like to see him be able to live his home, live in his home in peace as he wants to. I want him to have his pool parties and to redecorate the way he wants to. Finally, after 19 long months, in October of 2020, almost two years from the date Josue was supposed to be moving into his house, the ordeal came to an end. She could no longer tie this house up in bankruptcy court anymore. She was having a hard time establishing with the bankruptcy court that she was the legit homeowner. So that court 
on that side ended up letting some deadlines pass or she couldn't meet some deadlines. And it turned back over to eviction court and Josue was legally allowed to start evicting her again. He had the right paperwork. He, he actually had to get, what's interesting about this whole thing, Josue had to actually hire a bankruptcy attorney to go to bankruptcy court where Gloria Kennedy had this house wrapped up in. Uh, that way he can establish the, the proof of, of title and the, and the chain of title. So eventually he was able to get her evicted legally through the court, and this took 19 months. I mean, honestly, for me, the failure comes from the initial contact on March 27th from the Denver police officer. Miss Kennedy did not have any court order, did not have any... As far as we know, it did not have a title. I mean, Mr. Ortega was told it was a title, but there is no 2018 title with Gloria Kennedy's name on it. So to me, I don't think that the title is real. And since we've been in the court process, I haven't seen this title. She's never brought it up to me. She's never brought it up to the courts. Josue hired a moving company and he had all his paperwork and set and everything like that. And this was right, you know, still in the middle of the pandemic where there were eviction moratoriums. And because there were eviction moratoriums, um, the, the people who administer evictions here in the city and county of Denver are very cautious about who they kick out of their homes amid the pandemic because of the moratoriums. And when we went there, we watched as the moving company that Josue hired, uh, he, he, they moved one piece of furniture out. And as they were moving furniture out, she made some sort of phone call from my under, from what I understand. She made a phone call to someone uh, and convinced the city to hold off on the eviction again. <laughs> and so he he was like, oh my God, I, I, I interviewed him that then he was just so frustrated. And, but eventually um, he was able to go back with the moving company again and get her kicked out. And so she's no longer in the house. She's done, she's out. Finally, after, after 19 months. But I had to learn everything. I had to learn how to speak English. I had to learn how to talk to attorneys. I had to learn how to go to court. I had to learn how to pay my mortgage, to pay rent, to pay attorneys, to do everything. I've been trying, two years is going to be now. How did they do it? It's because they know, they know what they do. Finally, I feel like uh, this is my house, you know? I've been here in my house. It's, uh, yeah. This is the house that I like, that I, I like the house, is why I bought it. So what if this were your story, your home, your fight? How far would you go to get your home back? And how does a system designed to protect a homeowner allow squatters to stay put, to buy time? In this case, almost two years while someone else pays the mortgage. What good does it do to call the cops 10 times? I mean, they can fine them. They can fine them if they see crimes going on like arson or drug use, but that's not going to get them out. This can happen to anybody, and I think it can happen to, you know, it can happen anywhere. This is a prime opportunity, though, to not just address the root, you know, not just address the problem, but address the root issue. And it's an opportunity for legislation or law enforcement to come in or social workers to come in in these situations and try to get these people, you know, stable housing. People really need to make sure that they have title insurance. Josue did have title insurance. And in the end, the title company, from what I understand, ended up having to pay and cover his legal fees and all of this. They eventually got involved 
as he said, he almost died. I mean, that's not a joke. That's not an exaggeration. I've, it's, you know, he, he had, he sustained some very serious injuries all over, to me, what seems to be some crazy ramblings without anything to back it up and decisions made on impulse rather than being thorough and thought out. Josue, right now as we speak, is back in his house, his new house. <laughs> Next time on Strangeville. And if he likes it, then he will be good to you all year and take care of your cattle and everything. But if it isn't of good quality or if you forget to give it to him, he plays tricks on you. Strangeville is a Vault Studios production. Our producer is Reed Redman. Richard Humphreys at Tacoma Media in Silver Spring, Maryland, mixes and edits the show. Executive producers are Brian Weiss and me, Will Johnson. Thanks to Jeremy Hohola at KUSA in Denver, Colorado, for his reporting on this story. We'll see you next time, right here on Strangeville.